0: Hey Norm, how are you doing?
1: I'm doing well today.
0: How many days of sobriety is it now?
1: I'm on 54, closing in on 60 real quick.
0: Congratulations, Norm.
1: Thank
0: you. Um, what do you think about this question of defunding the police?
1: I think that is an absolute insane idea myself. I, I can't imagine how the quality of law enforcement can go up without funding. That, that is ludicrous. I just, I don't know where that rumor got started and I don't know why it got started because that's making, it's going from the frying pan to the fire. It makes no sense at all to me.
0: So, um, are you where some people feel like police officers are getting out of hand and like they're overstepping their authority and abusing, the American people as a result. I believe this is why people think defunding the police would be a benefit. Um, but can you tell us why you feel like defunding the police would not help those things?
1: Well, I agree. The, the critical points you just mentioned are, I agree with all of them, but defunding it's not the answer. Uh, my opinion, um, four years of academy training for everybody with a badge and gun in this country with psychological screening, and psychological training along the way of those whole four years would would be a better bet putting more money into the education of the police force before they go out and do their job
0: Mm-hmm. i agree with you i i think simply training the police better differently with more training um would be helpful
1: yeah a lot of uh Most of the state uh, police forces require academy, uh, four years academy training, but often city, county, town cops don't need more than a three month certificate from a community college and well connected generations deep in those small places Mm -hmm. tend to probably just get a paper signed and not even have to do the three months.
0: You know, um, it occurs to me though that maybe the police officers aren't the only ones who could use New training in this area. Maybe we could start training citizens on how they interact with the police. Um,
1: yes, I agree. And with that. I
0: think perhaps when when people are going through driver's ed training when they're young, maybe if we added that in as a part of the driver's ed training, just ways to speak to and interact with law enforcement if they're you know approaching you while you're driving your vehicle, you know. Um, I think maybe some training with young people on how to communicate in stressful situations you know um, because a lot of times I think it's not the cop the cop getting um, abusing his authority that is the problem. I think a lot of times it's a misunderstanding on the part of the person who's interacting with the police officer um, like the the most recent incident the The black man who was sleeping in his car in the drive through and apparently there was some misunderstanding I think because when he was running from the police is when he got shot, you know what I mean? Um, But he had the police taser and and was being um, threatening with it and stuff and nobody should take a police officer's weapon and flee the scene with it, you know, he really needed to be stopped. But, no. but I, I think maybe if that guy had had better training on how to deal with a police officer, you know?
1: Well, yeah, and and, and unfortunately, a lot of them um, subconscious training takes over and they, and they shoot for, for vital areas rather than a leg to just try to drop them. And mm-hmm. um, that's uh, the subconscious comes out in, in, in the instance. So uh, in the, from the training, so it's they can't, they're not always thinking consciously at the moment about where they're shooting and how they're shooting. Mm-hmm. Um, not to uh, not to downplay uh, a wrongful death in any way. I mean, uh, that still seems a bit excessive for uh, stealing a taser. I mean, you know, he's not uh, well, necessarily going to kill somebody with that. But um, well,
0: to me, a taser when a police officer is carrying a taser on them, that is part of their weaponry for to be used in their line of work, which is law enforcement, you know, that's not something the general public should be engaging in. And and so when a a member of the general public steals or takes possession of a police officer's a firearm or the tools he or she uses in the line of duty and they're running with it and that's something they can use to hurt or kill somebody with, which can be done with a taser. I think it's a very serious thing.
1: Oh yeah, they have to be stopped. I mean, yeah. there's no doubt about it. They they have, it's the equivalent of military hardware. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, and you can't have the, the civil uh, population running around with those instruments, you know, um, that, mm-hmm. that could uh, cause a, a huge amount of uh, injuries or, yes. and.
0: Yes, and also apparently the guy had some mental illness and was demonstrating that. And so I'm sure the police officer saw all of that, you know, I mean, he was there in the situation. I think oftentimes there's extenuating circumstances when there's a police shooting and there's outside stuff that's going on at that moment, you know, that the general public isn't really thinking about. And so that's kind of the way I'm trying to view this particular police shooting. You know what I mean?
1: Well, yeah. People often react to the uh, the outcome and don't investigate the variables involved in the situation up to that point. And uh, often, people are just looking for an excuse to to create uh, mayhem, uh, almost anarchy, anarchy, if you will.
0: Well, I I could be completely wrong about my take on the situation. This is just a but something I think might could be might this may be something to um, explain why the police officer shot that man. But all I want to point out is that right now, there's a lot of people in our country who are just hating on police officers and jumping to the conclusion that when a police officer shoots somebody in the line of duty, that the police officer has always done it in the wrong. And it's not necessary that it's always in the wrong. And so I just want to make sure that we stop and and look at these situations one at a time, you know what I mean, individually, instead of judging all police shootings by by the one scope of when you know, we were so also angry when we watched George. I mean, I say watch, I listened. When when we all observed the video of him being murdered by by that awful police officer, it made us all so angry. But we need to remember that it's not that's not always the situation you know what i mean no and we need to remember our police officers need us to back them as well because we need law and order in this country
1: you don't hear about the 99 percent of uh arrests going down properly and and safely you only hear about the one or less percent through uh media hype that is is the bad stuff and and that's why people get crazy because they're not hearing enough of the good reports, mm. countering the few bad reports.
0: Exactly. And, and now look what's happened to our country because everybody got hot heads and went off the handle.
1: They've even taken cops the show cops off the air I heard. Did,
0: did you know, did you know that they've even been murdering black cops? There've even been black people murdered in these riots and all this is, done supposedly because george was murdered unjustly right but so why are all these other people all these innocent people dying because of it you know it just doesn't make any sense
1: let's go back to dallas you know i mean look at that one guy nuts with the machine gun massacring and you had officers of every race color creed gender background you know standing there taking bullets for the citizens you know Mm -hmm. and uh you know nobody's bringing that up you know i mean and maybe it's been a decade since that happened, and 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 this and the next generation doesn't remember any of it, you know, and and that's another problem. That um, the, the, the uh, even our generation is, is just as guilty. The United States for not educating properly on civil duty of the citizen and the political science factor of how to work your government for the people by the people. Mm-hmm. If it was taught in K through 12, both those subjects mandatorily, this would not be happening, none of it.
0: Mm-hmm. Another thing that is not taught is what our, um, our constitutional rights are. And that's something I think needs to be taught.
1: Yep, exactly. I mean, that falls in the political science category, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I mean, call it what you will, uh, but American history itself, that really is not the big deal because it's, n- it's, it's good to know where we came from, but it's more important to know how to get where we're going. Oh, but
0: Norm, I think it's important to learn from American history because if we don't learn from our mistakes in the past, we're doomed to repeat them.
1: Well, exactly. That's and why America, to to like I, all, all other countries,
0: have made, has made mistakes.
1: I think it's got to be taught all 12 years, all, well, 13 years, K through 12, I think it, all that. The history, the way the political system works, and how the people can work it through petitioning, through their calling their congressmen, through writing letters. I, too, am just as guilty for not doing it. I come up with these ideas, but am I making the calls and writing letters? No. But if I was taught every year in school, if that was a mandatory class, I bet you I'd be approaching it a lot differently.
0: Norm, are you aware? I, don't, I know that maybe you don't have as access to the news as much as I do, but are you aware that right now there's people in our country who are tearing down and destroying our history? They're trying to tear down and destroy our history so they can rewrite it? Does, it, does that concern you?
1: Uh, well, I don't know if most of uh, this uh, young adult generation even knows any of the history to begin with to tell you the truth
0: well it's important that we share the truth with them before it's all destroyed
1: well do we even know what the real truth is ourselves (laughs) well
0: maybe we don't but i know that what's being told to these young people is not working because of all of the craziness that's going on in our country obviously the message they've received is not the correct one. It's not the the one that will help, um, help them build America and make America great again and become the productive young people that we know they can be.
1: Well, it would be if they arrest everybody that's vandalizing things and uh and ruining things and stealing things and make them actually go and rebuild what they destroyed and without any pay. (laughs) You know, so this is a
0: crazy idea I had. So, you know, there's all these people destroying stuff, right? So all this stuff needs to be fixed and there's all these people who need jobs. Right? So maybe the government should pay all these unemployed people to fix everything. You know what i mean so everything will be rebuilt and fixed and cleaned up and everybody will have jobs for a while and then once everything's Ah. fixed and cleaned up then the businesses will be ready to go back to you know maybe that's crazy but
1: if they restructured it and it wasn't so monday through friday and weekends were still considered a separate issue and all that you could have very Mm -hmm. easily three shifts on most jobs going you know except for obviously the certain public venues you know, it would definitely, that would solve it. You know, nobody works over 40 hours a week. Everybody gets, you know, their 40 hours and three shifts going seven days a week. Okay, Sunday's the day of rest. Fine. If that's your religion, then you don't work that day. If you're an atheist, you work on Sunday. You know, there you go. Whatever. You know.
0: What do you do if you're unable to work?
1: Well, uh, you have to take advantage of the government programs. Um, but um, I can attest that. Uh, it does not make ends meet, that's for sure. I mean, half half of the minimum wage per month is is not carrying me through the month. I'm still, even clean, I'm still broke halfway through the month. It's just the way it is. It's, there's no way around it. Um, you know, I, I, I receive the, I, I receive actually less than, in, in my pocket, I get less than half the minimum wage per month.
0: Anyway, so Norm, The idea of defunding the police and no longer having police around to call, as a disabled woman, terrifies me. You know what I mean? There've been times over the years where I've called the police because I feel like I'm in danger or I feel like I'm threatened, me or my family, you know what I mean? How do you feel as a blind man? How do you feel about not having the police there to come and help you if you need them?
1: Uh, Well, uh, I could have got a pizza quicker than I, got a policeman uh with, there was a guy outside my window with a guy said he had a gun and he was this was about oh, 30 years ago but was that in in new york no it was actually in tucson in tucson but uh yeah i had 911 operator on the phone it was not long after 911 started and uh and they were listening to everything you were saying they said yeah we're dispatching him he's on they're on the way and uh and they're gonna you know, hang up on me i said what you can't hang up on me. this guy's threatening my life and stuff and and i had just moved into the apartment like a week before and he he was after whoever lived in my apartment before me apparently was messing around with his girlfriend and he didn't obviously didn't know they moved out so yeah it was a very scary situation did the police show up they showed up 45 minutes later and the guy had left about 15 minutes before they showed up for a half hour he outside my window screaming he's got a gun he's gonna shoot me and all this stuff and so normal it was very scary
0: when you called 911 had they just hung up on you because there were no police to come how would that have made you feel
1: well they didn't say that they said they dispatched them but uh, if they said there were no police but, to come, i wouldn't have called 911 if there was no police to call and that's you know? what we're
0: talking about we're talking about a world in which those police are no longer there And so, yeah, that's kind of what I'm pointing out. I'm like, so think about it that day when that was going on, when you'd called 911, if Uh, the phone had just rang and rang and rang because no one was there to answer it, or if they'd answered and hung right up because they didn't have anyone to dispatch because the police were no longer there.
1: That will never happen in this country. Uh, That's what some people want, I think. It's scary. I think that's just a big rumor. That's all that is. I don't see that ever happening. That's, there's no way society can run without, without the police. Like I said, well, you, 99% of what goes on is done properly and right. And, and but they just don't promote the good part. You know, the media doesn't like good things. They like bad things.
0: Well, I think the citizenry in America better start thinking about their actions because when they go, do things like burning down police stations, so the police officers don't have a place to work out of it kind of affects the police officer's ability to respond to their
1: needs. Well, like any arson, you 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 should be tried for it and convicted, of course. Yeah.
0: But I'm just really shocked at the stuff that's gone on in America in the last few weeks with all of the destruction and the mayhem. I feel like my my fellow citizens have have um not matured. What's the opposite of maturing? You know what I mean. It's like they've gone back they've to digressed. <laughs> yet they've digressed mentally and emotionally back to children, yeah. and 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 now we've got these children out there like wreaking havoc on our society.
1: Well, how about the guy in Seattle? The black guy sat at the table asking all well, the white people to give him ten bucks. I'll say, well, he's dealing it in a civil way. He's dealing with it, but at the same time. I can't understand why just because he's black, he wants white people to give him money like that. It doesn't make any sense to me.
0: There was a black guy in Seattle who wanted to give people to give him 10 bucks. Yeah, was he, he just table. on the street corner asking oh, yeah, or yeah, was he? had a table
1: set up at wherever they were having a rally and stuff. So and were
0: then, you able to write your name down so you at least got credit for the donation? I
1: don't know the, the particulars the of that, but uh, I just caught the headline on, on, on the, the internet news. And so on. Mm. Because it uh, seems
0: like if you're going to take payment towards restitution or whatever the idea is, that you would be marking it down, you know.
1: But if he wasn't even a family right? if if he's raising funeral money for for the, <laughs> you know, that'd be different. But you know, he's not even related. Doesn't even know it, you know. So I don't. I think that's ludicrous. I mean, you know, I, I'm on I'm on the bottom of the, the, the chain. All my friends of every color uh, are all way above me financially and educationally. I mean, you know, I'm low man on the totem pole here. So if anybody should be getting 10 bucks from anybody, it should be me.
0: (laughs) I know what you mean, Norm. You know, when everybody has their hand out and everybody feels like a victim, then, then everybody's a victim and nobody is a survivor. Nobody is succeeding. And that's the problem, you know?
1: Yep. They're just creating errors, we making things worse and evil. Every,
0: every day we're, we're developing more and more victims, more and more dependents in this country.
1: Well, I think a lot of them develop themselves,
0: <laughs> Well, yeah. Well, but, but, but when, when they're nourished with, with food and sunshine, when they're encouraged to, to have that mindset, you know what I mean? What else would you expect?
1: I don't know, I've always been a explorer, a doer, uh, put 110% into everything I got. And um, that, that's just because I had parents that did that. I saw by example. Yeah. Um, and that's all I can attribute any of this to is, is it's the parents leading by example. I mean, I have no other uh, understanding of, of why that mentality exists.
0: Are you saying the parents taught their children to think like that?
1: No, I'm saying that they just, through uh, lack of ambition and lack of motivation, um, trickled down to the children, you know?
0: Yeah, isn't that the truth? Lack of motivation.
1: I don't think they consciously said, I want to raise my kids to be (laughs) deadbeats. It just happens with the uh, mentorship, you know?
0: Yeah, I know.
1: And uh, it doesn't mean they're evil people. I'm sure they all have big hearts and they're loving people too. So Norm,
0: I'm, I'm going to, my passport recently expired and I need to go get it renewed, but one of the first countries i plan to visit is CHOP. Where? CHOP. How do you spell that? C-H-O-P. Oh, like CHOP. It's the Capitol Hill occupation uh, protest in Seattle.
1: Would you, you like to you go in You stuff? need a passport to go to Seattle? Well, I thinks? know
0: I'm not walking in there without my passport because I don't want to become like some kind of a prisoner and have to have like, uh, you know, foreign relations from our U.S. government have to come in, rescue me from CHOP.
1: I'm not, I'm not aware, is, is it state to state requiring passports now?
0: Oh well, you don't have to have a passport to go into Washington state or into the city of Seattle, but Chop, my understanding is it's own country with its own laws. And if I go into Chop hmm. to visit somebody, I may need a passport to get back into the United States, just like if I were like in Vancouver, Mexico or like Canada. across Puget
1: Sound or something. Or? It's
0: it's 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 got its own boundary, its own borders and its own security. And and when you enter, you have to show identification. So I'm guessing and it's in an international you o- water. You have to obey the laws of chop.
1: It has to be in international waters then.
0: Mm, that's not my understanding. No, according to the mayor, it's right there in Seattle, and it it's could go on all summer. She's referring it to referring it to it, referring to it as like the summer of love. So. You know, I wasn't alive in the 60s and it sounded like a great time. So I thought I might cruise over there and take a look yeah. these days. Oh,
1: yeah. Well, I don't imagine but, they'd hold you to a passport if it's if it's if it's of that kind of but mentality. But it kind of concerns that me. But you got so, an idea on you at all times. Right. You yeah. that is law. But do you think we so
0: if we don't need our passports, it'd be even easier. Would you like to go with me?
1: Yeah, sure. Cool. I'm down.
0: Yeah, because it's like a like a lot of cool stuff going on there, I think. So what else has been going on, Norm?
1: Oh, personally? Well, uh, the sobriety's got me, you know, uh, you know, setting up doctor's appointments and knocking them down. I got dental work done. I got, mm. I got a root canal. I got two crowns put on. Um, I saw pain management. I refused scripts, of course. Um, I'm getting a new battery for the wires in my back for my sciatic nerve pain and this new technology. I don't have to recharge it through the skin. The battery's good for 10 years. And there's no even current uh, electric current feeling through the sciatic nerve, it just kills the pain. And then they're gonna do some nerve burning injections on my neck that'll last six months that are non-steroidal. And uh, that'll whip me right back into training uh, with Voc Rehab. And, um, and as far as getting a place, getting out of the halfway house, I know that Voc Rehab will rent an apartment if you're more than 15 miles from the training center. And I checked the map and I'm 26 miles, so.
0: And which training center are you uh, considering?
1: Uh, well, I'm considering the adult program at the, the Children's School for Deaf and Blind. That's uh, 12th and Northern. Um, and, but I may go back to Savvy for brush up first mm-hmm. at 42nd and Thomas. So uh, either way, I'm more than 15 miles away from either one. So they, they should rent me an apartment. The way the clause reads, they will rent you an apartment if you're more than 15 miles from the training center and for the first six months of employment as well. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, whether they take the sound engineering as a serious part-time thing or not, um, you know, I might speak into passports. I might have to go train to work at the passport center, which I've been offered work there before. Mm-hmm. I just didn't have the training or want to go through it at the time, mm-hmm. but uh, it's because I was using and uh, everything went to hell again, and that's the way that goes. So so no moss, you know, i got to keep on the straight and narrow, and, uh, you know, I got 20, maybe 30 good years left if I uh, keep clean, you know.
0: So, Norm... Would you prefer to work at the passport office or would you prefer to do this? What, what did you call it? The sound, yeah,
1: yeah, the sound j- engineering? Yeah, the jingles for, the, yeah, for, for people's right. uh, videos So would stuff. you
0: prefer to do the sound engineering or would you prefer to work at like the passport office?
1: <sighs> Part of me, because I can't work more than part-time anyways, uh, like maybe 30 hours a week, so I don't go over the cap of making X amount and keeping the disability check. And physically that's better like that. So, I mean, if I could do 30 hours a week at the office and then maybe another 10 or 20 hours a week at home with the engineering, then I would technically be full time in, in a way. But then I would have to justify making the money off, off of the sound engineering, which um, can be offset with uh, buying more equipment and, and all the receipts and stuff. It can be offset. Uh-huh. So you turn in your receipts month by month to prove that, mm-hmm. you know, that money is just being turned back into its own business. Mm-hmm. So eventually I'll be self supportive at that and not have to have the part time job at the office anymore. Oh. Um, but full time anything is still with my, my conditions with my back and neck and arm. It's a little, any one task for, mm. for more than like 30 hours a week would, would be way too much, even with the new battery and the mm. injection.
0: Okay, so so are you familiar with the any computer programs you would need to do this job and have you been trained on them or?
1: I was trained on the, the, the office windows, the, the 360, am I saying that right? I forget, it's been a while.
0: Office 360? Yeah,
1: that, that part, um, yeah. I, I've you know, it wouldn't take much to brush up on that. Um
0: I believe you had told me that there's a person at one of the blind schools that can teach you whatever you need to know about it, right?
1: Um Well, the as far as the uh, Mac side, because uh, I run Windows through a Mac, um but the Mac side would be the sound engineering I would learn Garage Band and eventually graduate up to the logic uh which is the pro the pro version of it, of the software for that. And uh yeah, there is a there is somebody who does uh, do that uh, training at the uh, children's for school for the deaf and blind adult program.
0: The reason I'm asking Norm is because I don't know if you've sat down with your bulk rehab counsel yet, but when you do sit down with, with, I believe it's Joe, right?
1: Well, as far as I know, Joe was the last one who had closed my case at the time because I wasn't continuing training at the moment. I was going through too many physical issues, but, um, I had called Voc Rehab twice last week and I did receive a call Friday and the secretary said she is forwarding all my information my new number email over to Joe and take it from there. I also put a uh, call in for Gail the counselor to call me so hopefully she can do some advocating for me as well and try to grease the wheels.
0: Well, I was just thinking that maybe if you do as much investigating as you can into any training or tools you need to complete this process Mm -hmm. and what the expenses are and everything you need so that when you finally get to talk to Joe about it, if you can give him all the information, you know, and, and also what, what your earning capacity would be doing it or whatever you know and then he already has information in front of him and he'll be able to make a better decision in your favor you know if you make sure he has all the correct information you know
1: it's very hard to find that information though because some people do it for free some people charge you know uh, some people barter i you know it's hard to really you can't go on indeed.com and just find you know sound engineering by the hour so so
0: maybe well you don't necessarily have to tell him like what you'd be making per hour because there's those sliding scales for everything but maybe if you at least can tell him this is all the training i would need this is how to get the training these are the Mm -hmm. tools i would need you know and then i mean i just feel like whenever i talked to my vocal rehab counselor and i had two of them it seemed like if i knew what i needed when i first talked to them that it always went much better you know
1: yeah, well, it's all—it's still all in keeping with my with my um, my plan of employment. Uh, being a, it was music, music instrumental is what it was. But uh, technically, it's as long as it's still music re- related with the mm-hmm. instrument, it's it's still my initial goal. So it's not actually changing up my training.
0: Do you need Do you need specialized recording equipment that will enable you to splice uh, recordings and no add
1: stuff in and stuff like that it's all in the computer it's all digitally edited now it's it's called GarageBand with the with the um, MacBook Pro and then um, the desktop version of the Mac is called Logic which is what the the uh, you know top dogs use in the industry Uh, that run Mac there's other programs that run through Windows so do
0: you
1: use a MacBook Pro I I was given one I was taught Windows on it uh, the 360 but um, the uh, actual Mac uh, stuff, they said I had to you know, figure out on my own with tutorials, but that's because I did not have this goal at the time of doing music for people's videos. So now that's been that in there and that, that could be a, a good uh, reason for that training to resume.
0: Um, uh, have you looked into the Apple store to see if they have Mac training classes available? Because they probably do
1: i'm still i'm only 54 days in the recovery i mean i it's the the thing in the in, in my support groups uh you know it says right in the scripture easy does it you know it's oh. you take on too much at once you get overwhelmed and you're going to relapse it's just the way it is so i you know let's get the doctor's stuff out of the way mm. let's get knocked down let's get my health back in issue 90 first 90 days is really the detox period i mean it's like i'm i'm just over halfway there so uh, by the time I get to the 90 days, I'll have the, all the other appointments knocked out and and then I should be good to roll with focusing on those futuristic things. But right now, I have all I can do just to keep myself together, to fight to just move the first three hours of every day. It's It's not easy well my mind is clear and that's keeping me focused on making the appointments and getting to them and making the transportation to get to them and back
0: well I, I meant no i was not trying to apply any pressure i just wanted to help you think through the processes if you hadn't already thought through all of them and I it sounds like you
1: room. have yeah i mean i have i mean yeah but uh beyond beyond the initial uh talk with with vocary counseling at this point I, until i talk to them i can't even think further with it um but uh my standard outpatient uh which i start tonight i was not eligible for intensive outpatient counseling because of uh that's for people that are still struggling with using and since i'm committed to not using i they're putting me in standard outpatient counseling so i'll group counseling on uh five to seven tuesdays and thursdays starting tonight so they, i signed releases for Volk rehab and and the doctors and uh and my my siblings and everybody to get notified on my uh, progress within that structure as far as my uh, my willing uh, independent um uh, organization that i go through um oh it's narcotics anonymous but i i you know we're supposed to not really Throw it out there, you know. It's really supposed to be a personal, private kind of thing. So, mm-hmm. but that—that that is all done on my free will, and that's a, that's a self-supportive thing. It's a—it's a, you know, not for profit. It's self-supportive, mm-hmm. and everything within there is. Uh, see, from the family you get the tough love, and from the group you get the unconditional love because they are coming from the same place. We're all coming from the same place, you know, mm-hmm. one way or another. Whatever your DOC drug of choice was. That doesn't matter, it's all the same thing. Addiction is addiction and none of us can dabble with it because if we dabble with it, eventually we're gonna relapse into Mm -hmm. hardcore binging and that's just the way it is and a lot of our family members can't understand that. So uh, that's why we need each other in in that support group. So as much reinforcement as I can gather during this is Mm -hmm. the better because it just, uh, it, it keeps the cravings fewer and farther between and it keeps the, the the mind in focus on on the future, mm-hmm. and the connection with with the higher power, and everybody's higher power is is their own individual. Whatever they want it to be.
0: Norm, I feel really positive about not only my future but your future as well. How do you feel about your future?
1: Oh, my future's already better. I'm uh, thinking clearly, and I'm making appointments and getting there, and. That's That in itself to me is more than I've done for the last two and a half years. So I mean, uh, it can only get better.
0: Good for you, Norm. So you feel like you're moving ahead with your goals in life and you don't need any help?
1: My goal is to get clean for a year. I mean, that it took me a year to get to the point to get clean. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, it doesn't happen at the first thought. It doesn't happen at the first thought, but you can't kid yourself and say, oh, you know, I can just use, mildly and be functional because then when the trigger points happen, the crisis situations in life, that you're, you're gonna binge on harder stuff. That's the addiction disease. And if you don't have it, you, you won't understand it.
0: So what alternatives have you found for dealing with crises to,
1: to drugs? I, I dig into my NA literature. I mean, that that's number one on your sponsor. You, you gotta get a sponsor. A sponsor is somebody who's got at least six months clean time, preferably, you know, years of clean time. And uh, I took about the first probably three weeks of doing the meetings every day. And uh, I related to this one guy really good. And I, I asked him to be my sponsor and, and he's been my sponsor since. So, you know, when you have a real crisis, call the sponsor first mm-hmm. and he's gonna tell you to dig into the literature anyways. And then you dig into the literature and. And then you get in a meeting that day too. So it's sponsor, literature, meeting. Sponsor, literature, meeting. When you start getting getting the cravings or getting the crisis, the triggers. Yep, sponsor, okay. literature, meeting.
0: Well, I'm glad you have a good sponsor too. That's great. Me too. <laughs> well, is there anything else you'd like to discuss, Norm?
1: I I think the uh, COVID thing we, we haven't touched upon, have we? Um, oh, yeah. Uh, The cases are up dramatically, the percentages since they started opening things up more. Um, So, I mean, should it be pulled back? Should it not? I mean, I've got mixed feelings on that myself.
0: Um, I think when we decided to reopen the country, I think everybody knew that the cases would rise. And I think everybody knew that it was now or never. And that's what we're doing. and I don't know how reliable the COVID numbers are now because we've already found proof that they weren't reliable in at any point prior to this. So honestly, like throughout the quarantine, I'm gonna do my best to take care of my health and my family's health and practice good, you know, personal hygiene and, and stuff like that to try to keep from spreading germs. That's really all we can do.
1: Oh, it's all I've ever done anyway, so nothing <laughs> changes there for me, but... Um... I, uh, I find the masks, they they make me sneeze and cough more, so I've got this little N.A. bandana that I just use, you know, pull it up and it, I can breathe better with that myself. Um, That's cute. But, uh, I, it's, but if you're going to just let it run a luck, then why did they even put any limitations to begin with? Why not let it run its course from the beginning? That's the part I don't get.
0: That's a good question, Norm.
1: You know, we need to build our immunities to this. We need, you know, the survival of the fittest. And it's just that some people are going to die. I mean, look at the, the swine flu, the Spanish flu. Look at the Spanish flu. I mean, how a lot more people died in this than with that than have from the COVID. Hmm. Um. I mean, look at the bubonic plague. I mean, my God, what it wiped out more than half of Europe. Oh yeah. Like three quarters, I mean. Mm-hmm. Um, but they did not have any modern medicine back then to combat it either. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. If I heard this rumor that these doctors in Europe worked on bodies they weren't supposed to and found out that it's bacterial, not viral. I don't know if that's true or not. It's just a rumor that I heard. The
0: corona is viral? is, or is bacterial, bacterial, not, not
1: viral? viral. If that's true, then it could be cured mm-hmm. with antibiotics.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, see, I don't think we can really believe anything that we're being told at this point. I think everything that we're told, we better go try to verify it ourselves before we take it as gospel, you know? Well,
1: really? that's the hard part, because if it is true and they want to cover it up, then you're never going to find out anyways.
0: I recently found out that my favorite TV doctor on TV, Anthony Fauci, can't be trusted, so... <laughs> Yeah, I'm I'm really at a loss now because I love listening to Fauci. You know, he was one of the people I trusted through all this, but then like I'm seeing evidence that he's been double talking and he's been, you know, not necessarily um, talking on behalf of the American people all the time. So.
1: Yeah, who knows what their uh, protocol is and why they do what they do and who they do it for and uh, well. Behind closed doors, it's a whole different scene than, you know, the, the, the elbows we rub, you know.
0: Well, I know I learned back in 1989 that just because a doctor, someone with a lab coat on, tells you something about yourself is not necessarily the truth. And so that's how I'm looking at this whole corona, dude. They may tell me that it can kill me, that it will kill me, but I'll just see, you know, when, it come, when I finally meet it, if I haven't already, I'll just see what happens, you know. I've survived other stuff mm-hmm. that was supposed to kill me.
1: Yeah, we're really not in the risk category yet, you know, I'm not not at that age yet, but uh but I'm sure that uh smoking cigarettes isn't it puts me in a little more uh jeopardy that way. So I'm hoping to quit those, but uh everybody in the recovery house I live in smokes, so that's kinda hard till I get out of there to do that. Uh, I tried a couple times and I made it about two hours into the next day and then I'm like, Hey, I need a cigarette before I go to the store and get some more. <laughs>
0: Oh, quitting smoking is so hard. I managed to quit. Chantex is what did it for me.
1: I have quit several times in 38 years. Anytime my uh, respiratory got bad, I, I quit. And uh, well, we said it was going to be last time, but after a year or two, and my lungs were better. And uh, again, uh, with the, the drug usage and then crisis times, and it was easy trigger point to smoke again. And uh, well, that being said, as long as I'm not uh, using again in the future, and I get out of that living situation eventually, I believe quitting will be pretty easy at that point. It's just a matter of exercising quite a bit, and uh, naturally you don't wanna smoke when you exercise. But I don't have the physical energy to really do that yet. I try to get out and walk at least a mile a day, and I probably get maybe four out of seven days I do that. It's, It's tough. I have to do it early before it's too hot. Mm -hmm.
0: Do you have like sidewalks in your neighborhood where you live, Norm?
1: (sighs) Most of the neighborhood except for the um, about 10th of a mile, about 2 tenths of a mile up the street from the avenue and then about the 10th of a mile from that avenue to uh, the, the house the streets on down that. There is a plumbing company next door, and it is just lined with commercial trucks and and worker trucks, <sighs> and it is a mobility nightmare to get from the house to Peoria Avenue.
0: Are those trucks coming and going all the time too?
1: Yeah, it changes oh. up. I could leave for an half hour or an hour, come back, and like they're all in different positions and all over the place. <laughs> Half my transportation drivers miss the road because they have their their block. They've got it so you can barely fit one vehicle between the vehicles that are parked on the corners and up the street. Why they don't have their own parking lot or driveways for the company? I don't know. Mm-hmm. I always yell, "I'm gonna have you ticketed!" You know, but I never do, of course, because you know, that's yeah, too close to home.
0: Back home, where I used to live, my other house in Montana. One of my neighbors always used to park on the sidewalk. So I had to walk out into the street and walk around their vehicle to uh-huh. to gain access to the bus stop. And this really infuriated me because I was blind, walking with a cane and walking with my small son in my uh, holding his hand. And so anything that endangered us really angry, you know, aggravated me and made me angry. And like I said, our neighbors parked on the sidewalk every day. And we went down and put a note on the car and they ignored it. And And then one day I got really mad. And I think it was my husband. I don't think I did. I think my husband called the police and the police showed up and um, the officer who responded to the scene, he met me, you know, and I explained to him how I was unable to access the bus stop without walking out into the street, walking around this car. It was either that or walk onto their grass, you know, which wasn't, very good in Montana the, because of the way the lawns are. There's a lot of potholes and stuff on the lawns and you know, you don't mm. wanna mess up their lawns. So I would have to walk out into the street with my son. And so that was going on. So when the officer responded, he he assured me, he said, this is very serious. He said, this should not go on. And he put a, a note from the city on their car and he went and knocked on the door and he, they wouldn't even come to the door, but he left a note on their door, right? Explaining to him that they should not be parking on the sidewalk. Um, And so I really felt good about how the city handled it, but it wasn't long before they were parking on the sidewalk again. And I moved out like shortly after that. So I never did address it really because I knew I was leaving, you know, but. Yeah,
1: I don't plan on, I committed myself to 90 days at the recovery house, which is the end of July. And it's already the middle of June. So it's like, I'm not gonna make waves there, but. I mean, it's a good thing I had a year and a half of comprehensive mobility training because anybody without it could not navigate from that house to Peoria Avenue like I do. There's there's no way Uh there's five to ten uh, different commercial and um, and 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 uh, civilian trucks there all the time, Mm -hmm. always moving around, always changing. And there's no sidewalk. They're not parking on the sidewalk because there is none. You know, so it's like you can't even follow the curb where it's just curb and landscape. You just can't even follow that because if you follow just that, you're going to have to go in and around every single vehicle. So I just go right up the middle the best I can until I hear a car coming. Then I get over it in between the vehicles, you know, feel my way around like Uh that. But I can't tell you how many side views I've clipped with my shoulder Uh and my arm. And thank God I haven't hit one on my face yet, but uh, that's just a matter of time, I'm sure. But as careful as I can be and as good as I am at it, it's still a nerve-wracking experience every day doing it.
0: Yeah, uh, that's something a lot of people don't think about unless they're blind and travel around with a cane regularly.
1: (laughs) Put it this way, the sighted guys in the house don't go out and walk over the store like I do. It's like, like, they don't even want to deal with it. And you do? Yeah. That's
0: impressive, Norm. There's
1: like two or three of them with cars, and, and, and then they'll drive out. And and most of them work, than they're not around during the day anyways. And uh, the other ones, unless they absolutely have to go get something, they, they don't go out. I, I just I buy one or two things a day, so I have a reason to get out and walk. I have to move. I have to, you know, get my blood pumping. So I force myself to do it, but it's not fun. <laughs>
0: Yeah. So Norm, now that you're getting out more and stuff is starting to open back up, when you're out, do you feel like things are going well out there in the community? You feel like people are are starting to normalize, things are normalizing again and people no, are becoming...
1: there's still, you know, six feet between the next customer and the register oh. and you can hear people, I hear people talking through their masks still. But, um, you know, I'm not, I don't. So what to worry about it in a ventilated store, you know, is, and everybody's keeping their distances. It's It's not, I don't wear the masks that much. It's more in the vehicles that I do or any store that requires you have a mask on to go in.
0: Thank you for discussing all this, Norma. I, I really appreciate your input today.
1: Yeah, happy to be here. Glad to get out of the house and yeah. Uh,
0: have you gotten your haircut future. recently?
1: Um. I uh, I used a uh, uh, like a horsehair brush on it today, um, but um, uh, yes, uh, uh, one of the uh, housemates had trimmed it up for me about oh two or three weeks ago, um, and uh, he's since moved on. He got a big uh, unemployment check and got his own apartment. And moved on. So but, yeah, that's my cut for the year. I'm good for now. Probably let it go again till spring. What about <laughs> your
0: facial hair, like? Have, have you had problems getting your facial hair cut through the quarantine? Cause
1: I've had problems affording razor blades. Affording razor blades? <laughs> so I let it go for like a week at a time, and then I take take my electric groomer and take oh, it down okay. to a shavable level, and then I'll shave it once a week. So that way I can get like two two or three weeks out of one black cartridge. You know? So you don't go to the
0: barber shop then?
1: No, I can't afford to, to pamper myself that way now. Oh, Unfortunately, but someday back to work, that'll change.
0: Well, that's that's a, a good thing to look forward to, Norm. For sure. Well, thank you so much for for participating today, Norm, and talking about all of this. Is there anything else you'd like to say on the topic of defunding or supporting the
1: police? If anything, uh, more money for more education for them. So this stuff stops happening.
0: So more education and more training? Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you, Norma. I really appreciate your sentiments. And I I agree. Um, I don't think we should be cutting their funding. Thank you for joining us today on Becca's World. We hope you enjoyed this candid conversation. And we also hope that you are not opposed to our police. I think we all need to support them. Please like, share, and hit the subscribe button. Peace out. Thank you for watching Becca's World please like, share, and subscribe to my channel.